Good morning. I came to speak about elections and how important it is. I don't want to forget before I start, in case you didn't know, tomorrow is the last day to register for the national election, a month from Tuesday. So if you know folks that are not registered, get it done. Because this is the most important election in my lifetime. I'm 66 years old. I've been voting for a long time, and I have never seen one that was so desperately needed in terms of change. Now, whether that change comes from either of the candidates, from Senator McCain or Senator Obama, that's up to you. But we no longer can talk about voting in vague terms as a privilege or a right. It is now a duty. Because without it, we run a huge danger that we're going to lose the fundamental basis of our society, our home, our country. Most of you will recognize the motto of the United States Military Academy at West Point, duty, honor, country. That holds a special significance for me because my dad graduated from West Point. And as a 26-year-old lieutenant colonel in the 4th Infantry Division, he was killed in World War II. And when we reflect on what his death and the death of tens of thousands of others in that conflict, that worldwide conflict against tyranny, meant... What did they die for? For freedom. Now, that's a term we toss around, and you see these jingoistic bumper stickers that say freedom isn't free. I have the sense that most people really don't get it. There are a lot of issues that are important to us in this election, in this time, whether that be the recent rescue bailout package or an energy policy or jobs or education or health care, those are important issues. The key is, is that you educate yourself about them so that we don't fail to really acknowledge that we can speak to others about these issues. But there is one issue that overrides all else. In the last eight years, this administration that governs our country has set about to systematically destroy our freedom by taking that which stands for our freedom, our precious Bill of Rights, and chopping away at it in the name either of fear of terrorism or religious zealotry. Those are two things that we must deal with, and we must vote, and we must stop. I want my country back, and I want my country's honor restored. We have shamed ourselves before the entire world, and we do it because I feel like we're lemmings running off a cliff, because we're scared to death. The, the government makes us afraid of terrorists. And when you're scared, you'll do anything for security. 
And as a consequence, we are perfectly willing to give up our, our deeply held rights that our forebears lived and fought and died for. And if we are willing to give up freedom in the name of security, we deserve neither, and we know that. There are two things that have caused this shameful prostitution of our, the basis of our freedom. One is the terrorist business. And what we've done in this country, there are two examples. I could go on for hours, and I see several people in the audience that can tell you a lot about it as well in detail. The first is, to our national shame, we have said that it's okay and in our national interest to torture people. We have our president, this eighth grader that's running the country, he has said it is all right to torture people because we don't torture people. What he says is, and what he means is, is that the law now as it stands says that torture is what the president says it is. And I heard Senator Carl Levin on TV the other day questioning the president's lawyer. And he said, as I read this, our government finds that it's all right to make a man confess by crushing his son's testicles. Is that all right? Yes. What? This is, these are our leaders? These are people that we're going to allow to, for this to happen? We outsource torture? We are in Guantanamo, where 90% of the prisoners understand this were not arrested by our government. They were turned in by Iraqis and by Pakistanis who were paid to go find people who didn't speak for our interests. And because they're called enemy combatants, they have no rights. And now, with the passage of the Second Patriot Act, we as American citizens have been deprived of basic rights. All that is required now for any of us to be arrested and carted away, the law now says that we can be American citizens can be classed as enemy combatants if we may have committed any crime, state or federal, that endangers human life. And what that means is, is that I could be arrested right now for inciting a riot, which would be a false charge, and in a normal court I would be acquitted, but I can be picked up and taken away under our present Patriot Act, and you will never hear from me again, and it is illegal for any public servant on the state or national level to reveal where I'm being held. Where did the Bill of Rights go? Not only that, it is illegal now under our law for any news organization to seek my whereabouts. That is a crime for which that reporter can be locked up. Are we not aware of what's going on? Do we not see this? We need badly to educate ourselves. You can find out a lot about the Patriot Act or the torture that we have exported and sent people away and tortured our own citizens by going on the web. 
Just Google up Patriot Act 2. It will stun you. The other shameful stain on our national honor is our old enemy, the fundamental Christian right, who has decided to continue to spread that most harmful of lies that we are a Christian nation. We are not and never have been, and for a really good reason. Now, that's not the same thing as that the majority of our citizens are Christians. That is true. That is obvious. But to suggest we are a Christian nation violates everything from the Declaration of Independence through our Constitution and all these years of, of Supreme Court decisions like it just doesn't exist. Even in the Declaration of Independence, some of you may know that Thomas Jefferson, when he did the first draft, it was reviewed by John Adams and Benjamin Franklin. Wouldn't it have been cool to be in that room? <laughs> and Benjamin Franklin looked at the first draft, and Thomas Jefferson had written, We hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable, that all men are created equal. And Dr. Franklin said, Wait a minute. Sacred and undeniable, that smacks of the pulpit. Aren't these truths self-evident, Mr. Jefferson? I suppose they are, said Jefferson. Then that's it. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. The wall of separation between church and state is fundamental to freedom. Now, that people, they will say that, oh, that's not in the, in the Constitution. No, I'll tell you where it is, and you probably already know. It's in the letter Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury, Virginia Baptist Association in 1802, where he writes, The whole of the American people have declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof thus building a wall of separation between church and state. That's where that comes from. And that is vital to our security and to our national interest. We cannot have a state religion, which is what these zealots want, so that you end up being burned at the stake or imprisoned. That's why our forebears fled from Europe, is it not? We can't allow this evil to continue. We must speak out because one of the big dangers to our society is an uninformed electorate our government doesn't work well. And we not only have to feel these things, we have to know about them. We have to be able to articulate these things. We have to be able to point these things out to people. Otherwise, we run a real danger of losing our national soul. And I would rather die. And anybody that wouldn't is not thinking and doesn't understand the value of what we seem to take for granted. Our citizenship is American citizens. Our system is not self-perpetuating. It needs protection. And what needs protection is not one of the two legs our republic stands on, which is democracy. That's self-preserving because that's majority rule. But the other fundamental leg is liberty, and it is different from democracy, often at odds with democracy, because it says there are some things, some rights that are too valuable to leave to the whim of the majority. 
And we do dishonor to all of our forebears if we don't remember these things. You have to fight for your freedoms. You cannot let them go out of fear. Look at what went before. Do you not look at how long it took women to be able to vote? 129 years from the day the Bill of Rights was set into place until 1920. And do we not remember what happened to those women, Alice Paul, all of those women who were literally beaten and tortured and hung by handcuffs and ruled to be insane because they wanted to vote? We can't dishonor that heritage. We can't let this happen. We've got to educate our families and our friends and get out there and vote and don't let anybody misunderstand why you're voting and what you're voting for. We're voting for the preservation of the soul of our nation. And this isn't just about national elections. We have the same nonsense on the local side. The late Dr. Charles Beard said the problem with Shreveport are three. Racism, lack of a university, and too many churches. I have never heard it put so succinctly. And I don't speak bad of LSUS, but look at Centenary, a good school. You know how many black professors there are at Centenary College? Zero. None. That is astonishing. And we can go any direction at local. You hear the local candidates talk about they're going to be tough on crime. Don't we already know that Cattle Parish leads the entire planet in the number of people we lock up? We lead the state, which leads the country, which leads the world. One out of every 103 people in this state is a prisoner. And they want us to build a new jail. Sixty percent of the people in that jail have not been convicted of a crime. They are there because they can't make a bond that was set to ensure their return to court. But we've known LSU proved it in Baton Rouge with their study back in the 70s, that no matter whether you put up your mother's soul or nothing, from shoplifting to murder, it doesn't matter. Less than one-half of one percent of people don't show up. What are we thinking? We don't study these. We just react like sheep. Oh, tough on crime. That's a good thing. You can ask my son, Clay, who I'm proud to say is the new chief public defender for the whole state for juvenile affairs, and he will tell you. Look at juvenile law. You, you talk to politicians and you try to explain why reform is important, and they go, my constituents don't want to hear that. They just don't want to have them on the streets. What that means is they don't want black people on their streets. And yet you understand that 40% of the children in our delinquency program out here have serious emotional issues, emotional problems, bad mental problems. 50% of the kids in our delinquency court are learning disabled. But they don't want to hear that because they would. it's much easier for us to swallow the pablum nonsense that Ronald Reagan was a genius at. Simplistic notions like we're simple people. Well, we're not. And we're going to have to turn this country around. We have no choice. What was the phrase that's attributed to Edmund Burke? 
All that's required for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. We can't afford that any longer. We can't do that any longer. And if sometimes you get discouraged because you see that, you know, I've I've often thought all my candidates seem to lose, that isn't the point. The point is, remember what Atticus Finch said in To Kill a Mockingbird. He said, courage is when you know you're licked before you start, but you go on anyhow because it's the right thing to do. I don't know of anything more inspiring than that. That's what we have to do. And we can't be silent about it any longer. Remember John Dunn said, never ask to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. That means we're all in this together. And if we think the other fellow's problems are not our problems, we are going to be lost. And I'm not going to go down without a fight because the principles of our church, freedom, reason, and tolerance, I have trouble with that last one. I am not tolerant with people or governments who would take away my freedom that my father and forebears died for. No way, no how. This is not the America that we are experiencing that my dad died for, and I want my country back. Thank you.